My Family and Other Mysteries, a Harefield Press podcast presented by Paula Jeffrey. Hello, thanks for joining me for the fifth and final episode looking at the case of Jabez Rainbow. Jabez brutally attacked his girlfriend Jane Pierce in 1841. Jabez's trial is over and he's been committed for sentencing at Hartford Assizes. Jabez's final day in court was on the 3rd of March 1842. He came before the judge Baron Gurney. Gurney was in his 70s and had gained a reputation for being an astute criminal lawyer, but a harsh and severe judge. Jabez was capitally indicted for cutting and wounding Jane Pierce and two other counts to maim and disfigure the victim and to do her some grievous bodily harm. The evidence was laid before the jury. They were told that Jane was a female of loose character and she had cohabited with the prisoner for several months. A journalist notes that the most extraordinary part of the story was that there appeared to be a complete absence of motive on the part of the prisoner for the desperate act he had committed. The girl herself admitting that up to the time he had always been very kind to her and on the day there had not been the slightest quarrel between them. That was written in the Times on the 3rd of March 1842. As the case was summed up, Jabez's defence lawyer, Mr Jones, implored the jury to release his client from the capital indictment for cutting and wounding they brought in a verdict of guilty for the third count alone, that of grievous bodily harm. Baron Gurney ordered him to be transported for 15 years. Now this is where the questions start. A motive for the attack was never mentioned in court although more than one newspaper hints at an explanation and they're uncharacteristically reticent to share their theories. One said, No motive has been found for the commission of the crime. Several have been hinted at, but as they are entirely the result of imagination, we forbear to mention them. However, a report in the Times, published on the 16th of October 1841, added this intriguing sentence. He was jealous of a fellow in the town named Skinner, and there is little doubt that he contemplated his horrid deed some time before he committed it. Some further investigation reveals that a man named Skinner did indeed feature in Jane's life. Although Mr Webster, the ex-naval surgeon and Jane's saviour, might have been concerned about her future, it appears to have been misplaced. In the 1851 census, she is still living in Christopher Yard, but not with her sister. She is the head of the household, a weaver, and has two lodgers, Joseph White, aged 24, and one Robert Skinner, aged 27. In 1867, Jane married Robert Skinner in St Albans. In the 1871 census, Jane is listed as the wife of Robert Skinner and living with them is their son John, aged 14. (laughs) 
Although the newspapers contain a lot of information about the attack on Jane Pearce, there are also more questions than answers. There would seem to be no doubt that Jabez committed the crime. He admitted to it immediately and there was no implication that there was anybody else involved. So what was the motivation? If it was jealousy, as one or two newspapers implied, and the fact that Jane went on to live with and then marry Skinner seems to point in that direction, why wasn't that mentioned in court? In fact, Jane denied that she had ever done anything to make Jabez jealous. Was she trying to protect what was left of her reputation? Being intimate with one man was bad enough, but two? Why would a girl only have good things to say about a man who'd cut her throat while she slept? Fear that he may come after her and finish the job? It's a possibility, but she would have known that the minimum sentence would seem safely transported to the other side of the world. Her two older brothers had been transported a few years previously. And if she had been more forceful with her evidence, it's likely he would have been sentenced to death. Was she trying to spare his life? From the reported account, she doesn't even appear to be angry, just puzzled. It's a possibility that there was much pressure on her to appear in court after several adjournments. Maybe she'd been given some type of medication and that affected her ability to communicate. And why would a jury cast aside the capital indictment and spare Jabez's life? In essence, they were agreeing that this was not a cold and calculated murder attempt, but rather Jabez committed this act while he was suffering under the paroxysm of temporary madness. Yet here we have a man who cut his lover's throat as she lay sleeping. There had been no raised voices, no arguments, no mention of him being jealous of another man. She lay asleep and he quietly took a razor to her throat, the only struggle being when she woke up to discover what he was doing. If ever there was an example of a cold-blooded crime, surely this was it. This is even disregarding the facts that he'd borrowed the razor from a colleague a few days earlier and asked Jane to remove her beads on the evening in question. Could the jury or the judge have been persuaded? There is no mention of Jabez's father Joseph in this account, so we have no way of knowing if he attended the trial or even knew about his son's crime, although it was featured in the local Coventry newspaper, so it seems likely he would have been aware. There were comments in several newspapers that Jabez came from a respectable family and that he had good connections. Joseph, being a lawyer's clerk, would also have had contacts in the legal profession. Maybe he called in some favours. Then there is Jabez's rather bizarre defence. In those days, it was acceptable for the defendant to question witnesses. He chose to ask only two questions. One to Jane about being tipsy and one to Foxall, the landlord of the boot. Both newspaper reports are a little unclear with the wording of this question, but Jabez seems to either be disputing how many times he called out murder when Foxall saw him at the top of the stairs, or questioning his certainty about the identity of the person he saw at the top of the stairs, or indeed who actually called out murder. The Morning Chronicle quotes... Cross-examined by the prisoner, Foxall replies, 
I'm quite sure on you coming to the top of the stairs. You only called murder twice. Then the magistrate cross-examines Foxhall, who replies, I saw the prisoner at the time he called out murder. I was standing looking at him. So here is a man literally fighting for his life and his questions do not appear to be at all pertinent unless there was additional information revealed in court that was not reported. The tipsy question seems irrelevant when both Jane and Foxall had already given evidence suggesting that either they'd never seen him drunk or that drink wasn't a problem to him. According to all the witnesses, Jabez was a sober man. On the 24th of July 1842, when he arrived in Van Diemen's Land, his convict record was filled in with details of his age, appearance and crime, including this quote from the prisoner himself. Stated this offence, stabbing my sweetheart in the throat with a razor in a public house. I had been drinking several days. Was this an easy answer to give an official who was looking for an explanation? Alternatively, maybe this was closer to the truth and the witnesses who said otherwise were trying to save his life, for whatever reason. Was Jabez a psychopath or a troubled young man under the influence of jealousy and alcohol? It's unlikely we'll ever know the true story. We know that Jane was able to have a relatively normal life, one assumes. Um, She could work, she got married, she had a child. However, although she had refused to go into the workhouse initially, she was sent to a home for destitute women in London. I don't know how long that lasts, but certainly by the time of the next census in, in 1851, she was back in St Albans. Jabez served out his time in Van Diemen's land, apparently a model prisoner. Um, He was granted a conditional pardon in 1850 and he married a fellow convict and they had a child. This wasn't the end of the intrigue associated with Jabez's family, but that's a story for another day. This was a Harefield Press podcast, written, produced and presented by me, Paula Jeffrey, with extracts from the book Chasing Rainbows, also by me, Paula Jeffrey, at an Amazon store near you. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.